When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. A few texts coming through on the back of the umps and looking at stats. People pointing out the stats are on the scoreboard anyway. Uh, stats don't always tell the truth. Peter is correct on that. Um, and Kane, you're 100% correct. Essendon have $2 million free in the salary cap. He is exactly what we need, a key forward and a great backup for Draper. Before we get to Brett Phillips on all things tennis, because it's hotting up at the Australian Open, Billy's got a quick thought on the umps and the Brownlow. What's your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, morning, Kane. Yeah, just quickly, with all these rule changes suddenly in the last few years, has the umpiring um, position got really difficult and they're really entrenched of not making mistakes and not really seeing who's playing well and who's getting all the possessions, and that's why they're going to the stats now? That would be my belief. I think we've just made it so hard. Stupid rules like the stand rule. You've got to watch the player with the ball, the man on the mark, the 10-metre protected zone. Is he eight metres inside the protected zone? Is he 10? Or is he just trying to get out with his opponent? It's impossible. And then to ask them to vote on the game's most prestigious award, I think it's a really difficult position we have put them in. Thanks for your thoughts, Bill. Uh, let's get to Brett Phillips because he's done a pair of work. Don't want to hold him up any longer. Uh, BP, we've got a couple of finalists on the women's side. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Kane. Uh, Simon, we have. Uh, I've been pretty bullish about Arena Sevalinka uh, throughout mm. the tournament. So, yeah, confirmed her spot and you know, great progression for her. Having made three previous Grand Slam semi-finals, she's been red hot uh, the month of January. Uh, starting in your neck of the woods, Kane in Adelaide, uh, through to Melbourne, she's been undefeated, and uh, you know, she's just a just a tidal wave coming at you uh, off the ground. Uh, quite phenomenal, uh, the power that she possesses, and you know her mental state is good. Uh, the serving has sort of been rectified all those double faults and. Uh, it sets up for a great final, to be honest, because uh, Elena Rybakina last night, uh, her timing of the ball, I, mean, I think she's going to be a real genuine future star of the game. She's you know, got a lot of presence on court. She's sort of, you know, she's quietly spoken. She'll come out of her shell a little bit more. She's a product of, you know, defecting from Russia to Kazakhstan. A billionaire over there who's pumped a lot of money into the Federation to draw players uh, across and... Now they're actually not needing to go out and buy players so much. Uh, they, they've got the money of setting up all these tennis centres and tennis development, but she's become sort of the pin-up, if you like, uh, of someone to emulate for the young kids. And she's just a beautiful ball striker. I mean, she came into that match against Azarenka last night with the most aces of the tournament, the equal fastest uh, serve. And, yeah, it, it sets it up for a, <laughs> a great battle between two uh, powerful hitters come Saturday night. Where's the edge come from, BP? Just watching both girls progress through the, the rounds and into the quarters and into the semis, they, they've just really handled the pressure. Any time they've been challenged, they've been able to, able to lift. So, you know, how do you see it now in a, in a final? Where's the edge come from, from either of these two? Yeah, I think composure was the word, you know, Robbie and I used in the call uh, last night. You know, certainly watching uh, Robakina. 
who is obviously less experienced, uh, hasn't been on as many bigger stages as Sabalenka, but you win Wimbledon um, on the most you know, famous court in tennis. You've got to have um, a lot of composure about you to handle those pressure moments. So I think she's equipped for it. Yeah, there were just times, a little bit last night, where she went a little big and wild. That's how she plays. Now, whether... You know, and look, you know, Sebalinka in the past has... Uh, you know, her game's gone pear-shaped at crucial times. So when you've got two powerful hitters, you know, obviously you don't want to overplay at times. There's that decision-making in the cut and thrust of a rally where you've maybe just got to, just got to back off the pace a little bit and, and just keep uh, plenty of balls in play. But look, both play... Very close to the lines. Uh, you know, maybe Sabalenka, just having, you know, been to a few more big occasions, might just have the edge. But Rebecca, he's not that much younger than her. And, you know, I think it's just going to come down to, to little moments. Who handles the pressure better? You know, I mean, they, they can both throw in sort of double faults. But, you know, Rebecca can uh, certainly get more free points, but not much. I think it's, you know, it's got three sets written all over it and it's just going to come down to maybe one or, one or two missed forehands or backhands that you know might split the two tomorrow you would have noticed it in in your call and, and the stats but certainly the channel nine commentary last night were highlighting the pace of the serve and and right back and you've you've mentioned how much faster she's serving than even serena williams now i didn't think we'd ever see a, a as powerful a player as serena but she's serving 10 kilometers faster on average like and this is only 10 years on, BP. Yeah. It's been one of the great advancements in the game, hasn't it? Yeah, no doubt. So the racket technology, the strings, uh, you know, she came in, as I said, I think 194 was her yeah, fastest serve during the tournament. Uh, well, Coco Goff actually got up to uh, that, uh, that mark as well. Uh, she didn't quite get to that level last night, but, I mean, she, uh, you know, the amount of unreturnable uh, serves is, is a key stat in the game where you have just no chance at all of being a racket, uh, where you're placing the ball, whether you're going T or wide, and yeah, that sort of has set her apart uh, during this tournament. In saying that, though, I mean, sabalenka has got the capacity to serve at, uh, at full throttle as well. So, you know, it's just it's, it's going to be a great contest. I think we've probably got the best matchup, to be totally yeah. honest. Yeah. On the men's side of it, the, the semis coming up, today, we feel there's a sense of inevitability here that we're going to see Djokovic play sits passes. Do you think that's the case? It looks to be the way. I mean, he's got a 5-0 head-to-head since he passed on Hutchinov, and I think he probably just brings you know, more assets to the tennis court, a bit more dynamic. He's going to cover a lot of the ground and, you know, I think make life really difficult the, the Hutchinov by, by getting into the net a lot more and, and you know just being able to cut off those angles. You know, Hutchinov's going to serve big. He's going to be you know, probably tough to break on serve. So I think we're going to have probably have some deep sets. Uh, but I think you know, just the variety and the Cincy Pass game will allow him to get through. And yeah, there's a sense of inev- inevitability tonight, no doubt. I mean, Tommy Paul can throw everything but the kitchen sink at Novak Djokovic. And I've you know, been listening to your discussion the last hour and he just does everything so much better than everyone else, uh, whether it's, you know, serve, uh, point construction, technique, the shape he puts on his forehand. I mean, his backhand is world-class, but, you know, the forehand is really, really destructive how he gets it uh, deep into the corners. Um, he anticipates so well. He's always a step ahead in reading the direction of the ball, and that's why he gets to so many balls, either to defend or attack. And oh, I can't see Tommy Paul, um, you know, taking a set off Novak tonight. 
Yeah, we've been discussing this, and, and Jared Healy had some strong thoughts last night about how to honour his legacy at the Australian Open. If, if it is 10, should there be a statue or something of him, BP? Yeah, I'm not a, not against the idea. As a, you know, I sent that text in earlier. You know, Nadal, uh, there's a statue of him at Roland Garros. That, that is just a phenomenal record that will never be surpassed. And you know, if Novak, I mean, continues to play at a high level for the next three to four years, which there's every indication that he certainly could, then he might get up to you know potentially 12, 13 Australian Open. So. Yeah, not the worst idea, and I, I agree. I mean, we've been blessed with three out-and-out absolute superstars in tennis, and how they'll be honoured long-term. I mean, that's one for the uh, all the bodies to come together. There's the seven bodies in tennis to collaborate and try and work on um, that concept, but I, I'm, I'm sure they'll be uh, honoured in some way. Maybe at all the slams uh, where uh, they've had great success, but yeah, not, 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 not an idea that I would uh, certainly quash at all. He's been, mm. been outstanding on this court. BP, what's what what's the depth of men's tennis look like without those three? Oh, I think it's really really healthy, uh, Simon. I think the next you know ten to fifteen years is going to be great. We've already seen Alcaraz, Runa, Sinner, uh, young Ben Shelton, the American during this tournament, Sebi Corda. Uh, the Americans are batting deep. There's, there's more and more uh, coming through. Let me tell you, in the junior ranks. Uh, look, I, I, you know, as, as we've seen in tennis, eras replace eras, and we we have we are just blessed with, um, you know, great storylines. I, I don't think this next generation is going to achieve uh, the slam records of these three. Uh, they'll share them probably a lot more. Uh, maybe Alcaraz can get right up there. He's going to be a star, uh, but it's healthy. Simon, we've already seen the young generation emerge, and they're playing, uh, you know, brilliant tennis that is going to be uh, pretty breathtaking for a long time. Uh, Alex Demonor has, has gone to Twitter, BP, and said back to work for him. Um, I'm wondering where his ceiling is. Is it that fourth round potentially quarterfinals? And what does he have to do as, a, as Australia's? Well, he's not our most talented, Nick Kyrgios is, but he's our most dedicated. What What's the next evolution for Alex? Because he's still pretty young. He is. And, you know, that's that's the part I love about him, Kat. I love the attitude. He He's not satisfied. And a lot of players can get comfortable getting up to his ranking and think, well, OK, well, I can carve out a pretty good career. But he de- desperately wants to achieve the biggest results in the sport. So, you know, the whole in setting up his year is the scheduling around certainly the slams and the Masters 1000 events and making sure that he's in peak physical shape uh, for those. You know, he's got to keep getting a bit bigger and a bit stronger. Um, you know, but maybe maybe his body <laughs> is what it is, and mm. and the ceiling has been achieved. I don't know. I mean, the next aim has to be to be a consistent, you know, ten to twenty ranked player. That's got to be the aim. Easier said than done. Uh, but his attitude is absolutely first class. He, he wants to be a professional, grinding away on the tour. He lives and breathes it. Uh, we hope that he can take the next step. But you know, it looks you know, if we're hand on heart. You know, with what is around him, it's going to be really tough for him to to win a major if that's if that's how we if that's how we're going to judge him. I'm going to take yeah. over his coaching, BP, um, mate. What he needs is a better butcher that feeds him more meat, so he needs more iron. And then I'm getting him onto the protein shakes, and we'll whack a bit of chocolate flavouring in those, and bang, we got a new player in 12 months. He's got a bit of yeah. bit of oomph in him. It might be unrecognisable, uh, the demon. No, but maybe that might take away the speed, Simon, which is his greatest asset if he uh, gets those... Uh, <laughs> don't talk logically to me, BP. Please, don't talk logically <laughs> to me. 
Hey, mate, you'll be at the forefront, courtside of, of the semi-final action today, hatching off against Sitsipas. That's from about 2 p.m. Melbourne time. And then the big one, Djokovic, taking on the American Tommy Paul from 7 o'clock tonight. Who's going to be alongside of you? Uh, good question. I haven't actually seen the run. Someone, someone good. No, Mark Woodford. Mark Woodford there will be go. with me for Djokovic and Tommy Paul uh, tonight. So, yeah, looking forward to a big day, Kane, and uh, a couple of, uh, hopefully a couple of cracking semi-finals. Beautiful, mate. Let, uh, let's hope. Thanks for your coverage throughout the last couple of weeks and also joining us this morning. We appreciate it. No, pleasure, guys. Anytime. SEN's coverage of the Australian Open is all thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. It's a pinnacle of engineering. The Kia EV6 GT is the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Um, and we'd love for you to get involved. As a lot of people have done on the 40 Winks temper text line this morning. You know the number, 0433981116. Kane, uh, you might be right on the Hawks, uh, but I think they have been bold and clearly are backing the youngsters to come on over the next few years. Not much point in aspiring to be just competitive. I half agree with you, Bill, uh, as long as it's not at the expense of damaging these younger players um, at the hands of just significant beltings and beatings and been a part of programs that go really young, um, teams that have sort of won three games for the year, and it does do a little bit of damage to these young players if you're getting smashed every week and you've got to rock up at training on Monday on the back of another belting. Uh, Dean says, I think uh, you, Kane, and Simon should go on SAS Australia. I reckon you'd do well, maybe even win it. What am I going on as a cameraman? Well, well I've... <laughs> I've been advocating to go on SAS for a long time. I'm very, very keen. But the offers, well, it's a little bit like you going to India. The offers just haven't come. They haven't come my way. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually not going to move out of the studio because Hutchie just walked in before and sort of came in and said a few things to Brooksy. I didn't I, I didn't look you. complimentary. Well, he ignored me, but was side looking at me as yeah. he was talking to Brooksy. So, mate, if I'm still here after the news, look, I look forward to chatting to you. If I'm not, it's been fun. All right, and you can have your say on the umpires and the Brownlow voting. Perhaps the umpires are just smarter than you, Kane, and can handle the job effectively, says Jeff. And Geelong will go hard for Deconing, will take less to play with his brother. Wouldn't that cause uh, a bit of a stir if Geelong um, were able to secure the signature there? Uh, It is time for the 7.30 news headlines. Plenty more coming up after that.